Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. RockAuto.com. Why spend 30 to 50%, even 100% more for the same parts that a chain store or dealership might have? Why spend so much there? Why not go to RockAuto.com? It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Everything from engine control modules to brakes to motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few clicks delivered direct to your door. Go to rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car or your truck. Write CarCast in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. An amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Hello, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator. DeAndre here with Bill Goldberg. Hello, sir. How are you? Doing good. We're going to have to change that intro to, to a turbo 400 three speed. <laughs> That's all I hear these days. <laughs> to the, yeah, to the, to the charger. Um, yes. So I, you and I have been, been chatting. I got that Ram TRX, the Hennessy vehicle. I, uh, I, I'm going to get into that in, in a second. But uh, last week we had Alistair Weaver on the show. And <laughs> we got into this big discussion about the Tesla Plaid, the Model S Plaid. You know, he did his video. He did a half-hour video on this on this car at their test track, and he went through pretty much everything. And man, Twitter has a lot to say about uh, about that episode. More about his video than our conversation on Carcast. Right? We didn't evaluate the car. We just talked more about the car and the video. We did basically an audio only version of of what he put it out there. And uh, the Tesla fanboys, man, they're they're just doubling down on 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 the uh, on the hatred for uh, for Alistair in his video. And He's I, like a magnet, isn't he? I, I I get it, but I I don't know. Like I'm not. I actually went back and watched the video, and I. I don't think he's particularly picking on the car, and I don't think his video was unfair. You know, he he's saying, like, this thing is crazy fast. It's the fastest production car we've ever tested. It accomplishes that goal. It scoots around a track. It It's a rocket in a straight line. But he's saying the steering wheel, or lack of one, the yoke, is is kind of goofy, and like some people love it just because it's a Tesla. Some people I don't I don't know. It like it doesn't really make much sense. The yoke doesn't make much sense. You have to go hand over hand to do U-turns and things like that or pull out of parking spaces. And that thing doesn't really work well in those situations. The reason why your F1 cars, your Indy cars have the little two-handle butterfly kind of yoke, if you will, similar to the Tesla, is because they don't have to go hand over hand. They just turn and then they turn. They they got about they go hand over hand, going ass over tea kettle. That's it. They've got they've got about ninety degrees of total movement on that steering wheel. They don't go. They don't have two and a half turns lock to lock, (laughs) right? So I I mean I get it. And, and and it's a cool car. And he pointed out a few things like, hey, you know, 
in a car that's this fast, you expect the interior to be a little bit sportier, like like an M5 or one of the AMG cars, and a couple of quality issues here and there. I, I don't think he was unfair. He was just giving a – anyway, p- people love to, to, to make us think about it, and the Tesla fans especially. But that being said, we always love te- uh, Alistair coming on the show. I thought he did a great video. Not everyone's going to love it. But a lot of people were going, ah, oh, you've lost your credibility and and I can't believe, uh, you know, Edmonds is saying this and Alistair, how could you? And keep in mind that a lot of the people that are speaking up are just seeing that video for the first time with no real no real following of, of Alistair or Edmonds, which is interesting because – the man personally owns a Tesla Model 3. So all the fanboys going, ah, you just hate Tesla. He's like, no, I think it's great. That's why I bought one. He goes, I trust the car to have, you know, to put my wife and new baby daughter in the car. Like he, he <laughs> he's just saying there's some features on the new car he's not a fan of, which I agree. I don't know. I don't know why we're digging in. Listen, uh, we're going to get into Especially the- a Tesla owner who drives it, you know, daily and who is going to figure out idiosyncrasies that, that don't go well with the vehicle over time. Time, right? So, I mean, it's R and D. This is this is exactly what I'm talking about. So, listen, there are cars that we love and and are fans of. Oh, by the way, all the all the backlash on Twitter trying to say Edmonds was bought by Cox and it's fueled by the advertisers and the dealers and they have to do what he says. I got to tell you guys. That's not really the case. First of all, I've been doing this show for 12 years, and advertisers have not determined what I've ever said on this show. I appreciate the advertisers. It allows us to bring the show for free, but this is a different situation. Now, you can you can speak to this, Bill, better than almost anyone. There's a difference between having advertisements on our show and being a paid pitchman for a product, Right. If you, Bill, are in a Dodge commercial and are paid to go to Dodge events, you are a Dodge pitchman. So, yes, it stands to reason you drink the Kool-Aid, for lack of a better term, right? That's what you do. You drive a Dodge. You speak of Dodge. Get it. But if I drink just, the Bravago. That's right. That's exactly my point. Uh, but, listen, I— the ads that we have here on the show, we love the companies, we support them, but they've never once have come in and said, hey, we don't like what you're saying on the show, or we don't like this, or we don't like that, or can you do it this way? I never. It certainly doesn't it, have it the doesn't. influence that a television program would, or a network, you know, and, and maybe its relationship with an advertiser. Yeah. Ours is completely different. And not to say that they even are swayed one way or another by an advertiser, but. You know, if it was ever going to happen, it's going to happen there. It ain't going to happen. Here yeah. By any. It's it just the way they do things through the advertising model doesn't influence how they, they produce content. Just the same with us over here. This mm-hmm. It's a different situation, right? The, if you're a pitch man for something – Right, you're you're bought into that particular product. You're paid specifically for that to to be the face of that product. That's a different situation than running ads on the show. Oftentimes, I walk in here and Chris hands me a piece of paper that I've never seen before in my life, and and he's like, "Great, by the way, 
the Mack Weldon selling shirts on your show. I go, okay, I think they're okay shirts. I like the shirts. It's good. I'm a fan. So I'm happy to read the ad, but I don't have a choice in the matter, right? Like it's just, that's it. It is what it is. And Mack Weldon's not calling us going, hey, we hate what you said about the Tesla. <laughs> right? So anyway, that's just kind of the way this uh, this business side of the thing works. Now, well, speak- look, no, you just use Dodge as an advertiser, for instance. Yeah. Right? And then how much do you talk about that crappy-ass Ford stuff all the time? Right? <laughs> so if Dodge had a huge influence, then we'd never mention the, the, the four-letter word of Ford. Right. And Ford doesn't right? pay me to say all that stuff. Bingo. Bingo. <laughs> and, you know? Uh, and I, I, I bought my Ford. You know? Bingo. <laughs> You know? I bought mine too. And I kind of, I mean, yes, I kind of feel like buying my car also gives me the right to say whatever the frick I want about a hundred percent, right? No question. Um, and look, and, and anyway, that being said, I want to talk about this. Uh, the Ram TRX. I drove the Hennessy Mammoth One Thousand, and I will start with this. That truck, lots of cool things about it, but not a Hennessy thing, a Ram thing. The radio would often not play any sound, and it goes on. Full entertainment system goes on, infotainment system. No sound coming through, no sound on Sirius, no sound on FM or AM, no sound via my phone, nothing. What I think is there's some sort of flaw in the amplifier that powers the speakers, and we started digging in, myself and some of the uh, the Hennessy people onto the the forums and the boards and stuff, and a lot of people are having this issue. I don't know if it's going to be a recall or just a TSB or something, but there's going to be some sort of fix, I believe, that RAM is going to put out because it's happened a lot. Now, here's something that I did find out. There are two fuse boxes. There's one under the hood, very easy to get to, open unless – Unless it's a Ram Hennessy TRX on 37s and you're five foot seven and barely, then then it's very easy to Give get to with a step stool. <laughs> with a step stool, it's very easy to get to. So there's a there's a, a fuse box under the hood that's easy to get to, and then under the dash, underneath the steering column, there's two uh, seven millimeter uh, bolt head. Um, down there, you pop those, you pull those out, two seven millimeter, and then the panel does have clips, and then it pops off. There's another fuse panel. What I would recommend to you, Bill, to anybody, is what I noticed, and somebody else noticed online. So I went through and tested this theory. Is for some reason uh, many of the fuses and the relays are not seated 100% flush. So I went to both fuse boxes. I pushed down on all of the fuses and relays, and many of them uh, snapped in. You know, they, they, they kind of locked in a little bit further. And to be honest with you, I don't know if this kind of fixed the problem or this was coincidence, but I did push all of the fuses in, then the radio did work. But... Mm-hmm. A day later, at the same time, the same morning when I left, it didn't work. Hmm. Uh, but then later in the day, it worked again. So I don't know if it's That's a fuse weird. issue. Yeah, I haven't had the issue with the, with the TRX yet. But I would say anybody that's got a RAM, with TRX or otherwise, if you got a fairly newish uh, RAM, 
uh, push down all the fuses in the relays. Just make their snug. Make sure they're oh, snug. And by the way, if you are taking it off road and you're hitting the bumps and hitting the jumps and 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 rattling the thing off road, not a bad idea to to snug those things down again. I would imagine things would come loose anyway when you're uh, when you're really going after it off road. So just a little thought on that. So. Uh, I thought we fixed the problem by pushing in the fuses. I don't know if that's the case, if we did, but that's kind of uh, one of the issues that I, I found with the vehicle. So, uh, Okay, so Mammoth TRX. Uh, I appreciate the guys from Hennessy sending it over. Uh, you've been driving something similar to this for a while. So it was uh, fun for me to – fun for me to get a shot at it uh, – the packages that you're doing, the Goldberg's Garage packages, I don't know if you're um, – there's a couple of stages that you're working on. So it, it could be comparable to what Hennessy is doing. I don't know for sure if you're swapping superchargers or you talked about a turbo kit that's going on, your your car next. They're all, they're all, they're all options. They're all options, right? So there's probably a, a, a phase one or two or uh, that's a stock supercharger, a little more boost, a tune. Maybe there's some sort of ported supercharger version. I'm not sure if you guys are getting into that, but it sounds like you are. Uh, and then maybe there's a supercharger upgrade. I don't know what brand of supercharger you guys are using, but Hennessy happens to use Magnuson. Um, I believe it's their 2650. I can't say for sure. Uh but uh, they do replace the stock Hellcat engine supercharger with the Magnuson supercharger and all of the bits you would expect to go along with that, mm-hmm. fuel injectors and fuel pumps and tuning and, and, and uh, you know filters and all of that stuff. And I believe they put down <clears throat> 1,012 horsepower is the rating that they gave. Now, I, I am, I'm assuming that's engine horsepower. So the, your truck – your truck did something like 940 or 960 at the tires. At the tires, yeah. Yeah, I, I would imagine this is close to that. Some, you know, because he's a little over a thousand horsepower at the engine. You know, I, yours is probably actually making a little bit more power at, at the tires. Uh, you know, also keep in mind when delivered here to California, it adjusts itself for a 91 octane tune, not a 93. So the power is mm-hmm. going to be down a little bit. All of the ratings, I believe, from Hennessy, because they're out of Texas, are based off of a 93-octane tune. So a slight adjustment there. Uh, He put the 37s on it. Um, It had the power running boards. Thank God for that. (laughs) (laughs) It needed a lift gate. Uh, Otherwise, I'd have to open the door and then run and dive in there. A Flosbury flop. Uh, he got uh, the front and rear bumpers. I don't know if they're his or somebody else's, um, uh, I, but it does have sort of cut out in the front, uh, some sort of laser cut. I'm sure it's Mammoth 1000, so it's branded. His LEDs all over the place, and he got it all plugged into the to the proper switches, all the auxiliary switches and, and all that stuff, so it looks good. There's a few other options you can do. I mean, I think the interior on those trucks is already great, so there's not much I would do in there. You know, there's What's things- the price? What's that? What was the price on? Uh, okay, so I think all in the truck with with certain options about one hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars. Now the supercharger package is thirty five thousand dollars, and <laughs> <laughs> yes, it sounds like a lot. It's like how do you? 
how do you charge $35,000 for an $8,000 supercharger package? There's a couple of things. One is that is the installed price. And it comes fully dialed in. It comes dyno tested. It comes with like 100 or so or 200 miles of break-in miles. So it makes sure it goes out the door. And Hennessy offers a two-year, 24,000-mile powertrain warranty on that package. So can you do it for less money? Yes. Can you do it with a warranty? That's kind of what you're 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 paying for. You're paying for that serial number badge on in the dash. You're paying for a little bit of that warranty, um, and you know, I guess you're just paying for, you know, having Hennessy do it for you. Listen, I love the guys at Lingenfelter. We know that those Lingenfelter packages um, that Ken puts together are fantastic, bulletproof, work well. And there's a premium. Like you could order the package, get it mail ordered, and do it yourself. But if you want to send, let's say, your Corvette or your Chevy Colorado to Lingenfelter and have him do this for you and send it back, perfect with a warranty. There's a premium for that. I don't 100%. know if it's thirty five thousand dollars, but there is there is a premium I would, for it. I would venture to say no. But. <laughs> you know, uh, but I'll tell you what. What a blast to drive. The thing is fun to drive. And he, the way he's got it tuned, you can tell me how you guys are doing it in your truck. But the uh, when you get into the the different modes, right, there's sort of a normal mode or auto, right? Auto sort of figures it out for you. Sport mode, a track mode, and all the off-road modes. The auto mode, you can sense that it's got more power, but it doesn't seem like scary power, right? It seems close to a stock truck. Shift uh, points are different yeah. than the speed mode. Then when you put it in sport mode, which was their recommendation, they're saying, hey, what we'd love for you to do is hit the sport mode, which turns off traction control. Then they said, just turn traction control back on. So hit the sport mode button, turn traction control back on drive it around that way. And it is a noticeable difference. The program that they set, the calibration that they set for sport mode is fantastic. It's just so much fun. It just turns it into... And you go from getting six miles of the gallon to to 0.3 miles of yeah, the gallon. Yeah, whatever it is. The it's, point. Hey, but the grin on the fa- on your face and the chuckle oh. you have when you have when you and like we I've got this one like kind of long freeway on ramp uh, that just is, g- gives you an ability to stretch your legs before you you know slow it down and get in some traffic. There's almost no nobody on it. It's not it's not very long, but it's it's a half a mile, right? And uh, I'll tell you, I just I just made the turn, got in there, <laughs> not a car in sight couple lanes wide i just centered the thing and just from a rolling start mash the throttle and uh the nose lifts the rear plants um that's that coil spring suspension in the rear and it takes off and then it started to get almost like a little squirrely you're like man this a little remember yeah. i told you about that yeah i was like damn it i don't know if you want the big 37 off-road tires on this thing <laughs> because uh it gets a little it gets a little scary at the triple digits and uh but it makes you laugh with a huge grin, and then you back off of it, and it's great. I've got 
I've got one little <clears throat> one little video that I'll put up on Instagram where I just I just use my phone in a tripod, so it's you know it's five seconds long. Um, but uh, I put it in the sport mode and hit the launch control just so you can hear it. Just hit that rev limiter real quick and then launch. So it's not it's not a high speed. It's not like hey, this what what are you going to do in the quarter mile? It's just, yeah. I just wanted you to see how hard it hits because I only did like forty miles an hour, right? I just I just launched it and then after it, you know went you know. 100 feet i was like okay I'm, it's just I'm, the coolness of the launch it's, it's, the it's like that size, it is right? it's kind of fun so i don't know so how does how does this compare to what you guys are planning on doing with the goldberg's garage packages right because i i know we've touched on this a few times well, still i need to thing. consult mario about the get about the uh the the warranty on it but i can tell you that for comparable sometimes more horsepower our prices don't they're not even in the same stratosphere right okay now the packages you guys are going to offer some of them will be available to be installed by other shops or qualifying shops like out here obviously i bring my vehicles to galpin auto sports many times they would be a good good place right Mm -hmm. um Emissions testing is a big thing. So the packages you're going to have to release one way or another will have to be emissions tested and have the certification, whether you work with SEMA or some. That's why it's taking. That's why it's taking taking so long. We're we're getting to the point where nothing's going to be released in the automotive aftermarket uh, that affects the engine or exhaust in any way without uh, without emissions testing done and getting the proper certification. Whether it's 49 state or 50 state, whether you're getting the CARB, uh, the California uh, verification or not. Um, also, that's the biggest difference between, you know, are you, are, well, one, and selling the product, but also kind of doing your home modifications versus having a shop doing it. <clears throat> no longer will a shop be able to or willing to install anything that doesn't have an emissions certification, you know, or hundred yeah, um, percent. And that's fine. That's fair. They're going to get that and get shut down. Right. And, and that's a, that's a fair assessment because uh, nobody wants to get in trouble. And if you want a dedicated race car or race truck, make yourself a dedicated race car or race truck and, and deal with it that way. But uh it was fun. The thing is, is a blast to drive. Uh, you know, initially when you get it, of course, you feel like this thing's way too big for LA. You know, but you spend a few days and you get a little more used to it. And uh, now, how do you compare it with the normal one that you drive? Uh, you know, the normal one I I had a lot of fun with as well. Um, it wasn't on the thirty sevens, and it wasn't uh, uh, making as much power. But I'll tell you, um, for me. As as somebody that lives in L.A. and if I had a vehicle like that, would occasionally take it out, take it off road, or you know something like that. And there's some places close to L.A. to do it, but but most of my time would be still around town. I I don't know that I would need the 37s. I just don't know that I need the 37s. The added weight, the height, the the gear ratio changes or whatever, the fuel economy change. I I don't need the 37s. Um, so that being said. 
that's not where I put my money. I would put my money into the additional power because it's a blast and it's fun. Uh, I think- but but my, my question to you is, how much difference did you experience in the truck when you compare it against a car with the same horsepower jump? <clears throat> my, my point is that after I got mine done by Mario and the Goldberg Garage package put on it, the, the, the change isn't nearly as noticeable as if it was a car. Right. So what I was going to say is <clears throat> in the normal mode, in the auto mode, I didn't notice much difference uh, in, in the power. Right. The sound I did, he did an exhaust on it. I noticed the yeah. sound. It sounded good. You know, um, people at my But you really don't know. notice the yeah. extra two, three hundred horsepower. Yeah. You don't, especially when you end up adding the weight, the bumpers, the 37 inch tires that, you know, you, you, yeah. you're, you're kind of compensating for some of that weight anyway. It wasn't until I put it in sport mode, which was obviously advised by the Hennessy team <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, you, that you really do notice. You do. That's notice. where you, you really see the difference. Yeah, no that, question. That's where the tune really kind of kicks in. And, uh, you know, look, the TRX has plenty of power as it is. Um, but, uh, this certainly does make it a lot more, a lot. More I'm just fun. saying the same kind of package Mario did on the Goldberg garage package on the red eye. He basically did on the TRX, and the difference that I can see in the red eye is ten times the difference that I can see in the TRX. Yeah, I can, I can, I can imagine that would be the case for whatever reason yeah. it may be. And there's fifty thousand reasons, but I'm just saying it's marketably noticeable here, and in the TRX, it's 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 not until you get into that sport. Yeah, look. Look, when you when you just compare even turnkey cars, you get into my Mustang Mach One and you get into the GT five hundred. Uh, you know, you obviously notice four hundred and eighty horsepower versus seven hundred and sixty horsepower. Like it's a it's, it's a it's a scary difference. But yeah, I, I definitely get what, what you're no saying. No question. Um, let me tell you guys about uh, about this Good Guys show, another Good Guys show that is coming up. Uh, the Good Guys Rod and Custom Association is coming to Fort Worth, Texas for the 28th Summit Racing Lone Star Nationals. It's, uh, it's at the Texas Motor Speedway, and it's September 24th through the 26th. They have over 2,000 classic cars and trucks on display with an autocross, burnout competition, and vintage dragster exhibition. There's also a huge swap meet and hundreds of cars for sale. And uh, bring the whole family. There's live entertainment. There's a model car display um, and a pedal car display. There's the whole kid zone. That's free. And uh, in Texas, they're doing a NASCAR stock car ride-along. So if you want to get a ride in, uh, in one of the stock cars, they have that available there as well. That sounds like it would be fun. I've done that before. Uh, just go to goodguys.com and get tickets. Uh, kids under six, uh, six and under, sorry, will get in for free. But if you go to good-guys.com, use promo code CARCAST, you'll get $5 off your ticket. So it's goodguys.com, promo code CARCAST. The the Lawman Mustang. I uh, jumped onto the Goldberg's Garage YouTube channel. I know you guys are producing a lot of content. It's going to be rolling out more and more of that soon. But uh, I... 
We've talked about it a few times and <clears throat> long story on the lawman Mustang, but Marcus Angel did a fantastic job, got the car finished, brought it down to you, and uh, unloaded the car there and fired it up and gave you guys an opportunity. By all means, go to YouTube, uh, search for Goldberg's Garage. You'll find his channel up there. Watch the video. It's a blast. It's fun uh, just hearing this thing. But I uh, just wanted to hear from you. What What are your thoughts? First of all, tell us about how how well Marcus did on the car. What were your expectations? And uh, And then, of course, you know, you haven't seen this car in years. You haven't driven it in probably five years. Uh, getting it back, um, you know. I think you just put it in the garage. I don't know if you took it out for a spin. Oh no, I I drove it. I, I think fifty feet. Put it like put and it in the put car. It in the garage, and, and there it sits. And there you go. But uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about it. Uh, after parting with that car for two years and handing the keys over to Marcus and the responsibility of bringing it back to its former life, uh, if I would have written a script that could have detailed what he did, it wouldn't have been written any better if a Hollywood producer, a Hollywood writer wrote it because Marcus far surpassed my expectations. Um, obviously throughout the process of the two year process, I mean, we worked hand in hand very closely with every single detail, but you don't really appreciate it until you see it up close. Yeah. Um, I couldn't go back 50,000 different times for each little aspect of what, what the restoration entailed, whether it be the, the lettering, you know, hand painted on the side or whether it be the, you know, the uh, duplicating the original, you know, marks that they did, you know, in uh, uh, engine bay or whatever it is, the, the traction bars, the color of the traction bars, everything had to be, had to be uh, investigated and, we had to go back so far and talk to so many different people. I say we, Marcus did 99% of it. Um, and then come to a decision about how to restore the car um, and then have it done. I, I Again, I, I was kind of speechless when he delivered it. I, I knew what to expect, but I really didn't think that I was going to be as surprised as I was as Hey, the thing is absolutely immaculate. I mean, I, I paid the bill every month, so I knew what was going into it. And I know his background and I know his ability, but uh, I never could have asked for it to be done any better than, than he did. it. Um, and I can tell you here now, it ha- hasn't been announced yet, but I will get the name of the show. Um, Muscle Car and Corvette National. November 20th and 21st this year, mm-hmm. the car, the lawman will be the front and center car at that, at that event. Do we know where that event is? The event is, I think it's in Illinois. If I'm not mistaken. Saturday, November. Rosemont, Illinois. Yeah. I believe it. All right. It's supposedly, it's supposedly the muscle car, you know, uh, show to go to 
if you're going to go to one, that's that's pretty much it. Muscle car and Corvette Nationals is this this is the world's largest all indoor car show. There you go. Wow, I think that's it. Yeah, M C A C N, Muscle Car and Corvette Nationals. Yeah, Rosemont, Illinois. Nice. There you have it. So the car is going to be out there. Um, I know you've got a lot on your schedule. We talked about <laughs> TV shows and filming. Marcus will be babysitting. Yeah, he's going to have to. I will. I will. You yeah, will make it out there. Uh, certainly. As much as I'd love to, you know, that car has never really been anywhere. Yeah. And you know, for this show, the size of the show and the importance of the show and it being the first time it's being you know, shown to the public uh, in in a very long time. I wish I could be there, but unfortunately, the schedule. So, Marcus, it's in great hands, obviously. Well, it looks fantastic. If you guys want to hear it as well, check out that YouTube channel, and uh, you guys will hear it. But it's, it's a monster. It's a monster. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious because, you know, you, you drove it a few times years ago. You drag raced it down the airstrip a couple times, and – it, you know, and I I know at some point the engine broke, so I kind of wonder when you drove it, how strong was it when you were able to drive it? Now that it's done and rebuilt and done right and fired and ready up, to run, I mean, ready to run. I, I I get it. I mean, it, it's 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 tempting to to get out there and stretch its legs on the property over there, but. Uh, also, it's you, don't want to, you don't want to you don't want to risk it given how much time and money has been put into that thing. Right here, front and center, I will state as a fact that car will not be driven down the tarmac again. <laughs> right, I've got enough vehicles to do that, and I do not need to replicate the the blow up of the lawman. No, no, thank you. Uh, okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna have to cut things a little short. We've got some. Back-to-back uh, uh, shows uh, here in the studio. Um, the one thing I just want to touch on real quick. First, let me let me hit Geico. Uh, whether you guys own your home or rent your home, we know it could be a lot of hard work. And, of course, you know what's easy. It's bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And that's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. So let's uh, let's just go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. You know, we talked a lot about uh, all the EV cars and stuff that are going out there, but we touched a little bit on e-fuel. It's a synthetic fuel. It's a fuel alternative that uh, I thought had – Interesting prospects. I think somebody like Mazda got behind it. Porsche is a big developer of this e-fuel. Uh, Porsche was saying, hey, we're going to work on it. We're going to try to develop this uh, this synthetic fuel. And if it works, we're going we're gonna to test it out in some of our racing cars. And then who knows? And man, it, it turns out uh, they did it. They've got, a, a, they've got a, a facility in Chile. They did it there because they're using wind power with a big windmill to produce this stuff. And that's the windiest place on the planet is where they picked. <laughs> so they're like, let's just do it there. <laughs> Why not? So we've got a lot of wind all the time. So 
Uh, I, I'm not going to get into the the details of how they're doing it, but they're basically coming up with a synthetic fuel that um, that they've managed to replicate the properties of the pump fuel basically that we have now. I don't know the exact octane rating because they're going to test it in the racing cars, but they're basically saying, hey, we've got it. They're going to produce 34,000 gallons in 2022, use it in the uh, like the Mobile One Super Cup series of racing cars, but uh, they've they've been chatting with uh, with companies like ExxonMobil saying um, – there's a chance they'll be able to roll this out into uh, gas stations. Now, it's not inexpensive. It's very cheap. I It's tough for me to sort of gauge um, uh, the cost. They they referenced something like nine bucks a gallon, but they said that was in Europe. And I don't really know how much fuel costs in Europe right now anyway. But, uh, you know, so I, I don't know what what the jump is if it's double the cost or or whatever but but they're saying this stuff is so close <clears throat> so close to what we have now that you can put this in your Porsche 911 you can put it in your street car <clears throat> but more importantly you can put it in the older cars as well um so i guess whatever to me that implies whatever sort of Ethanol rating, you know, where the higher ethanol mm-hmm. fuels corrode stuff, and you know, it's why Leno hates it. He doesn't mm-hmm. put it in his old cars, and and you know, uh, uh, you know. So, but but Porsche is saying, hey, you know, Porsche Porsche's vehicles um, because it has such a fan base. There's a massive amount of Porsche Porsche vehicles still on the road today. Um, I think they said something like 70% of all the Porsches ever created in the lifetime of the company are still on the road today. So they're saying it would it would make sense if Porsche is going to develop an e-fuel, a synthetic fuel, that it would apply to the entire fan base. Now, the good news is, is if they're going to develop uh, a, a fuel that works in old vehicles and new vehicles, then it arguably works in almost all vehicles. So, <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know. Like we're, we keep pushing uh, electric vehicles, and I get it. You know, for all the cool reasons we want electric vehicles, but we're still sort of ignoring the conversation about where that electricity is being produced. Um, at the very least, we know this uh, e-fuel is is produced at a facility that's mostly powered by wind, right? So uh, they are trying to give some backstory as to how this is being developed. Like, Mm. again, I just wanted to touch on this. I'm sure there's more to the story, probably good and bad. There's both sides to everything. I'd be curious to hear more about it too. But it definitely sounds interesting to me. I'm a fan of it. It'd be great if we didn't, you know, have to rely on oil and – you know uh, that side of the business, and and uh, and we can do something like I don't know the details. How does it burn? Does it burn clean? What is the emissions on it? Like mm-hmm. you know, uh, it, you know the octane ratings, and I don't know any of that stuff. Uh, is it comparable to an E eighty five? Is it more efficient? Is it less efficient? How clean is it? Like I don't know all of that. They're just trying to come up with. Initially, they're just sort of feeding out a little bit of information, saying, "Hey, we are." We're getting closer. We have a fuel. It's comparable to what we have already, 
but it's synthetic. It's man-made. Uh, we're going to test it in the racing cars, and it'd be nice if that's what ends up in gas stations around the country or around the world. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so very, know. We'll very, very interesting. Now, of course, there's the business side of it. You know, if you know who's developing this, is you know who are they going to have to buy it from? Is there's a patent somewhere? Is a licensing thing? Is is uh, should we What's all the go, true story behind the, the right, behind right, right? Should we all run Porsche. out and start buying stock in Porsche because <laughs> exactly. uh, the real money's not going to come from cars? It's going to be coming from you know having a patent on the, on e fuel. You know who who knows? But uh, anyway, we're uh, uh, apologize we're running out of time here. So just uh, give us a follow on social media. I'm at Motorator and uh, he's at Goldberg nine five and Goldberg Garage on Instagram. Hey, he's got the shirts out there as well, the Goldberg's Garage shirts. Uh, there's I'll be getting together a good video of the uh, twin turbo once I truly perfect how to drive this thing <laughs> without <laughs> looking like an absolute asshole. I was gonna say, so you're going to avoid the embarrassing <laughs> video and just go right for the I've editing. already got those. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to wait for you. Know, oh. I figured it out. It's all good. All right. I'm only 13 pounds of boost. All right. Right on, buddy. Thanks, uh, thanks so much. We'll talk, we'll catch you guys next week. Until next time, keep the air and the spare and the bag and the wheel and your foot on the gas. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Carcast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarcastShow.com, and don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. RockAuto.com. Why spend 30 to 50%, even 100% more for the same parts that a chain store or dealership might have? Why spend so much there? Why not go to RockAuto.com? It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, everything from engine control modules to brakes to motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few clicks delivered direct to your door. Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or your truck, write CarCast in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you an amazing selection Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com.